So if y'all, it's me, it's me, it's ABC. Coming at you live on Blog Talk Radio, and it looks like it's going to work this time. So whatever Blog Talk Radio did, well, we'll see, because I still have that pink thing on, I still have that pink message on my screen that says we're currently experiencing an issue with our live broadcast system. Our engineers are working to fix the issue. So if you can hear this, great. We'll see how long this keeps up. So let's cross our fingers. Actually, dial in direct. I didn't use Skype this time because I didn't want to take any chances. So here we go. It's me. It's me. It's ABC. Welcome, uh, welcome to the ABC podcast on Blog Talk Radio. This is where I take modern dating and I disembowel it for your entertainment. If you want to call in, the number is area code 563-999-3596. Area code 563-999-3596. Call in with questions, comments, concerns. If you need advice, give me a call. If not, sit back, enjoy the monologues. It's a Saturday special, so you know what that means. We go two hours, so the phone lines are open all two hours. Um, I'm going to do, well, today I want to talk about how to get a stalled relationship or stalled marriage back on track. Because what happens? It's a mathematical certainty. You get married, you get into anything long term. If it's more than four, five, six months, it's going to stall. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. All right, so it's going to stall. When it stalls, how do you get it restarted? So this is what I want to talk about today. Also, I'm going to do the Saturday thing, pull up plenty of fish, examine some profiles, let them know what they do right, what they do wrong, and you know, point it out to you so that if you see you make some of these mistakes, you could go and correct it. Maybe you can get yourself a, a couple more responses from some dudes that actually matter to you. Okay, so this is why I do that. Also, if you have questions, or anything of me, you can either call me, you can email me at jesse at jramseyabc.com, um, or you can go to my Facebook and you can message me. Either way, I'll get it. Also, on that same note, if you have something that you want me to read on the air, then I'll absolutely do so. Just send me, uh, send me a message, send me a message on Facebook, or you can even email me, whatever it is. And, as a matter of fact, I got something that I do want to, I'm going to answer, got an email that I want to answer on the air. Um, it was from Paul in Minneapolis, and Paul in Minneapolis says, Hey, Jesse, love the show. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Paul. And it says, What is the difference between the friend zone and the situationship? Well, Paul in Minneapolis, here's the thing. Let's see. Uh, TikTok. Um, okay, Paul in Minneapolis, here's the thing. Difference between the friend, the situationship and the friend zone. The, the situationship is a friend zone, but with inverted, with inverted dynamics. Here's, here's what that means. In both situations, usually it's the woman doing this, but in both situations, the woman is the woman that's trying to pull the strings. Now, where the, where the dynamics invert is this. With a friend zone, a woman is looking for the benefits of a boyfriend without the responsibility, without the ever-present specter of reciprocation hanging over her. Right? That's, that's, a, that's a, what's it called? That's a friend zone. Friend zone, she, she's, she's stringing the guy along, or if he's a boyfriend, but when it's time to reciprocate, she... She reminds him in whatever way she chooses. She reminds him 
that he's only a friend, and that gets her out of having to reciprocate. Got that? With a situationship, the the dynamics are inverted. So with a situationship, she wants this man to be her boyfriend, but the man is not interested in being so. So you get that. So he she's giving him she may or may not be giving him the benefits of that of the girlfriend, but instead of like instead of him shirking the ever present specter of reciprocation, he's just not interested in being her boyfriend. And sometimes it's known he makes it known. Well, oftentimes he makes it known. Sometimes he doesn't, but still the the fact remains. So with the friend zone, she wants the benefit of the boyfriend without having to reciprocate, without that ever-present specter of reciprocation hanging over her head. That's the friend zone. And the situation shift, she wants the boyfriend, but the guy isn't interested. And she, again, she may or may not be giving him the benefits of the girlfriend and hopes that he'll come around to be the boyfriend, and the guy is just not interested. So that's, a, that's the difference between the situation shift and the friend zone. So that's it. Thanks for the email. Anyway, um, so today, yes, talking about how to, we're talking about how to get stalled, stalled marriages and relationships back on track. What happens and how, what happens that it derails and when it derails, is it hopeless? Usually not. And we'll go into that. But first, women, uh, you just talk to, they need to, I need a favor for us guys. No, I'm, I'm going to speak for men. I'm going to speak for men in relationships with you women, right? For a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to be their voice. So women, can you do us men a favor and not take, not area laundry out on social media or not area laundry to your family? Here's why I ask you that. All right. Because I understand that the, that the, the draw of having a support system be it online or with your family or whatever the case may be. I get that it's a strong pull because when a fight jumps off or when an argument jumps off, I understand that the first thing you want to do is seek support. And I get that. Sometimes you want to seek that attention. You want to seek that positive reaffirmation. And that's a very strong pull. But that's a pull you need to resist. And I'm going to tell you why. Because when you do that, right, whoever it is that you're airing this to, be it your social media friends or your followers or your family or even your other friends, whoever it may be, or maybe it'd be all of them because you just like to go and run your mouth. I've been in this situation before. Those people are only getting one half the story. And then when it comes time, your, your social media, well, let me, let me talk social media differently. Your family or your friends, when your man goes, gets around those family and those friends, they're looking at him sideways and he's not understanding why. They don't like him, and he's not understanding why. And the reason why is because now that you've painted this picture of him by talking to him about your fights and not giving him, giving them his side of the story, how do I know that? Because you don't have his side of the story. You just have your side of the story. And that's what you're paddling out there, right? That's what you're pushing out there. So one side of the story is never good. However, this is what you're doing. And then when your family, your friends come around, or he goes around your family and friends, they don't like him. And he's not understanding why they don't like him. And it's going to cause another feud, right? And trust me, I've been through this. I, I've been through this. It's going to cause another feud. And the feud that it causes might be worse than the fight. So what's going to happen is you're going to make up 
But a lot of times after you make up, do you go back and tell your family that what happened, what you did, and you made up? No, usually not. Usually you think that life just goes on. However, your friends and your family go, and now they still have this thing in their head. And even after you make up and everything's good, months and months later, you may not have a fight, but he still goes around the family or your friends still come around and they still don't like him. And now, again, it's an ongoing feud now where it really doesn't have to be. And again, it's, this is not a thing that men do. It's mostly a thing that women do. Men just kind of ruminate on it a little bit and just try to figure out how to fix it. Women, women need to, women feel they need to talk, 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 talk. And I get this because they want the, they want the support and they want the reaffirmation. Okay. Point stipulated. However, it's a bad thing. Now, when you do this on social media, it's even worse because what happens is you're going to air your dirty, you're going to air your, air your dirty laundry. Yeah. You're going to air your dirty laundry out on social media, right? So looking for the reaffirmation or looking for the, um, looking for the support. Now, all those guys who've been commenting on your picture, oh, Every picture you post of you, every selfie you post, that you post online, and all those guys that are in your in your comment section saying, "Oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you're gorgeous. Oh, this. Oh, giving you all kinds of compliments on your looks." And you know who they are. The little simps on your on your um in your friends list. You can go down and look at all the comments under your selfies, and you know who you're looking at. Those guys. That are now that are commenting on your all your selfies, telling you how beautiful you look, telling how gorgeous you look, and how how um, they would love to make your world brighter and all this stuff. Now they're in your DMs, and now they're talking about, well, I'll be a better guy for you than him, and you don't deserve that, and blah 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 blah. That's that opens up a whole separate can of worms because now we're talking about now we're talking about the specter, the looming specter hanging overhead of online infidelity. And that's the thing. And again, if you make up, you're not going to post online that you made up. So all these guys are now thinking that you're having problems with your man. So they're going to be all in your DMs. And then if you if your man happens to catch that, then that's a whole other fight that's about to happen. So do yourselves a favor, ladies. Just do yourselves a favor. If you feel the need to to do that, to air, to air your whatever grievances, call a counselor or call some kind of marital therapist or somebody and unload to her because she or he is literally paid to be a neutral party, to not have skin in the game or not have a dog in the fight. Your friends and all your little online, little online peeps in your friends list, they have their interests. And again, it's not about fixing the relationship. It's about sucking up the narrative. So again, it's, it's going to be, it's going to break bad for you either way you go. So if you're going to, if you're going to do that, if you feel the need to do that, call up a counselor and air, air it to them. And then even go into the office with your husband and work that out because they're paid to be a neutral party. And that's what you need in those times. A neutral party, not your friends, not your family. Not anybody online, you need that neutral party who's not going to interfere directly in the relationship. Unless it's necessary, then they're going to give their opinion and say whether you need to leave it or not. But still, there's paid to be a neutral party. So those are the people you go to, not your friends and not your family and not anybody online. Don't, don't put that out there online like that. I'm telling you, you do that, your relationship's going to go 
a hell of a lot longer, right? Because we want to stay out of feuds. Feuding is bad. And especially when your family is feuding with your man and you figure out that later on down the line that this is a man you want to marry, then it's really bad. It's really going to break bad. So secure your future and refrain from that. Secure your future, refrain from that, right? So that's that. Haunted election. Now, there's going to come a time, and again, if your relationship lasts over six months, or even four months, I'd say, because sometimes it happens between four and six. Who knows? After It depends on how long the, the romance period of all of this dies. It takes. It depends on how long it takes the romantic period for this to die. What they call the honeymoon phase, right, of a new relationship. However long it takes that to die. And you start settling into a routine. Usually it happens when two people start spending a lot of time together. Usually when you're dating, you have your other life and these other things you that you do in your lives while you're dating. But if you decide to make it somewhat serious and progress the relationship into a more serious phase, well, now you're looking at spending more time together, spending more time together, spending more time together. To the point where you may or may not decide to move in together. Now, my opinions on moving in together are, are irrelevant to this, are irrelevant to this discussion. But you may or may not make the decision to move in together. In any case, you're going to spend a lot of time together. Now, if moving in together, it kind of speeds up the process. But still, your math is mathematically, it's mathematical certainty, mathematically guaranteed that once you start spending so much all that time together, then the routine is going to start to settle in. And when the routine starts settling in, then, and the honeymoon period dies off, that's when, that's when conflicts start to rear their ugly head. And conflict, per se, is not a bad thing unless you start doing what I did in the butt first and air your laundry to the wrong people. But conflict in itself isn't a bad thing. Why? Because your relationship, part of the key, one of the keys to a successful relationship is successful conflict resolution. You need to know, you need to learn, and again, this is a, when the new year comes, we're, we're a week out of the new year. When the new year rolls through, one of the first shows I'm going to do is going to be on um, conflict resolution and how to successfully resolve a conflict with to where there's no hard feelings whatsoever. You can go on with your lives and you figure out where you figure out where you're going to go and how you're going to get there from here. Because not all conflicts have to be fatal to relationships. A lot of people think so, but it, that's just not it. A lot of things. A lot of things can just be, it comes up, it's worked out, we have an agreement, and that's how we're going to, that's how it's going to be from, from here till eternity. So I'm going to do a whole show. One of the first shows I'm going to do once the new year rolls around is on successful conflict resolution. But suffice it to say that conflict resolution is one of the keys to a successful relationship. But what happens when what happens when the conflict starts brewing? Well, conflicts brew when the relationships, when the relationship for some reason stalls. Stalling in a relationship, again, is not necessarily a bad thing. Why not? Because it just means that the romance, damn dog, the romance period is dead. 
No, no, I can't say the romantic period is dead. No, that's not a fair thing to say. It's not an accurate thing to say. But the romance, the romantic period takes the backseat to routine. You need to start setting up these routines because it's the routines that's going to make the relationship. I know it's counterintuitive. I know it's counter- it sounds counterintuitive. It does. But it's the routines that actually make the relationship. A lot of women don't understand this. They think that doing new things and seeing new things is what's going to keep the relationship fresh. No, it's actually the routines that solidify the relationship. Why? Because once you establish a, a set of a, a set pattern that you go about doing things, the, re- the, the relationship becomes easier to manage. Predictability is a good thing. Believe it or not, predictability is a good thing. However, you need to manage predictability with your own feelings because a lot of times you're, you feel that because things have become predictable and now your attention is on these other things instead of whatever may have, you know, whatever feelings may have gone away and was replaced with this routine, then it just seems like the loving feeling is gone. Like, Righteous brother said, you lost that loving feeling. Many times you didn't lose the loving feeling. It just took a back seat and you forgot that it was in the back seat. I've forgotten a lot of things in the back seat before. And, you know, sometimes it worked out. Many times it didn't. It got stolen out of the back seat. But, you know, sometimes you leave things in the back seat and you forget all about it. And that's what happens with romantic feelings sometimes. It takes a back seat to the routine. And you forget that those romantic feelings are in the back seat, and, and now you feel like you lost a loving feeling. And it's not exactly true. It's not. But what you need to do is learn how to draw upon what you left in the back seat. You need to go and you actually need to, if you have a four door car, you need to open the back door and see what's in the back seat. Well, you need to draw upon that. And there, there are many ways that you, there, there are many ways, some more effective than others. And I'll go through as many, as many as I can, as many as I can think of. But there are quite a few ways to get that feeling back. And one of them is simple recall. But let's, let's, let's go back. So you, you're in a routine. Maybe you're married, you have kids already, and your routine split between what time you wake up, what time you get the kids ready, what time the kids fly out the door, what time you eat breakfast, what time, what time y'all get out to work, you do work, what time you guys get home, what time it's, what's the time you go get the kids, the time that your kids come home, the time that dinner is being cooked and ready, and all of this thing is on a schedule, and this is your day-to-day thing. Again, Repetition isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's a routine that makes a relationship. It's the routine that keeps the relationship stable. If something happens and you have this routine and this well-oiled machine going and something happens and a monkey wrench is thrown somewhere in the machinery, then that little monkey wrench can cause a breakdown of the whole thing and it becomes chaos. So in order to keep that chaos out of your life, the routine has to be the routine and the routine you can deviate from it you can deviate from the routine as long as a it's communicated but a lot of times i get it the emergency situations call for an emergency break in the routine that's understood 
But as long as you tell your partner, as long as you tell your boyfriend, your spouse, your girlfriend, whatever, whatever the case is, as long as you can co effectively communicate that to your significant other, then it should be, it should be all good. It should be all good. Significant others, if, if your man, your woman, your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever, if you're a significant other, they communicate that to you. This is where you have to be understanding. A lot of times what happens is a break in the routine would come. Like this is, this will cause a lot of conflicts. You have something set and you have something scheduled. There's something off the beaten path, but you scheduled it. You scheduled it there because the routine dictated that you have time to get this done in the middle of a couple of things. Yet there's a breakdown in the relationship. There's a breakdown in the routine. And now all of a sudden, because there's a breakdown in the routine and something has to be taken care of, your thing that you're supposed to do you're not going to be able to do. And this is a thing where you have to be kind of understanding of the situation and not take it out on your significant other as if he had anything to do with it. Now, if he legit had something to do with it, still, or he or she, or whatever the case may be, if they had, if your, if your significant other had something to do with why this, why this broke down, then this is something you need to hash out at a later time. But in the immediate, in the immediate aftermath, sometimes you need to just suck up the fact that things change. You may not be able to get to do what it is you want to do or go where it is you want to go and get done what it is you need to get done. And you need to adjust, you need to adjust fire accordingly. And you need to understand and not take that out on your spouse. I get it. You'll be upset. I get it that it's an inconvenience. But to take that out on your spouse when 90% of the time is legit not their fault, that's unfair to them. And this is where a lot of, this is where a lot of women go wrong because a lot of women would have something set. Things would break down in the routine for some whatever reason. Emergency pops up. Emergency situation pops up. There'll be a breakdown in the routine. The woman can't do what she wants to do. Now she's upset. Now she's steaming at her significant other because she can't do what it is she needs to do. And so when he comes home after dealing with all of these, all of these things that are happening out there, trying to bring a little bit of order to the chaos that popped up after all that's taken care of and he's done and he does what he needs, everything he needs to do. He comes back. He's tired as hell because he's taken care of not only the daily routine, but the emergency that popped up. And then he comes home and uh, you start in on him because you're upset that you couldn't do what you needed to do. And he's sitting here like, what the hell is your problem? Right? And this is where a lot of, this is where a lot of conflict pops up. Again, conflict resolution. The best way to resolve that particular conflict. And again, um, this is going to be a subject for my conflict resolution show after the New Year's. But the best way to resolve that is not even making a conflict to begin with. Understand that you need to, understand that you need to, Adjust fire. You need to roll with those punches sometimes and understand that it's really not his fault. What happens when that happens over and over and over and over again? Because again, different situations, time, you just don't know what time, what time will bear out for you. So what if it happens again and again and again? And all of a sudden you find yourself chronically upset at your significant other because there's these things that they're just expectations that aren't being met and things that just aren't Things that aren't getting taken care of that because all these things happen. Now you're chronically upset. Well, 
a lot of people will turn to a lot of people go online a lot of people turn to their different vices and i get that um they say oh um you're trying to get bored trying to get but here's the thing with that um a lot of a lot of women divorce really good men on the count of quote unquote being bored and they say well the relationship quote unquote isn't what it was or he just doesn't do the things for me like he used to do. And again, like I said in, I believe it was yesterday's show. I didn't do yesterday's show live because there was that issue. I couldn't even call in. But, uh, so I recorded it and I posthumously uploaded it. So it's there. So if you go back and listen to it, you'll hear, you'll hear what I say about, um, about when women get bored. And not getting divorced just because you're bored. It's the biggest mistake women make. And I told the story of my ex-wife. And I, I went through my whole story with my girlfriend and then my ex-wife's story after we, I told the two stories after, um, after the divergence. And again, women, it, it just, it mathematically, you, you have a bigger chance of failure than your ex, the, the man you divorce. When that's just how it is. I know it sucks to say that. It sucks that that's a reality, but that's a reality. And this is why yesterday I told, I was telling women not to divorce their husbands because when you get back out on the dating, dating market, especially if you've been married 10, 12, 15 years, maybe 20 years, maybe beyond. You're older now. And yeah, you may have your things. You may have your, your, you may have your career. You'll have your car and you'll be, you'll be able to buy a house and all this stuff. Oh, Ranton, yikes. Um, and I looked at the news. There's a horrible crash in Ranton. Um, it looked, it's bad, but you have all this stuff and you get back out in the dating market and you figure out that all that stuff you had is not what men are looking for. And the things that men are looking for, you don't have, a, you don't have anymore because, because you got out when you did and just because of the nature of who you are and what happened. And the man that you're looking for just isn't looking for that. And again, when it's, it's a thing of you're going to get out on the dating market and there's literally going to be nothing for you out there. So I urge women to stay with their men and work that out. Well, what do you do when you work? How do you work out being bored? Because your friends are telling you, your friends are probably in your ear, your single friends saying, man, you need to divorce him. We can get out there and have fun like we used to. We can go to club, blah, 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 blah. Buy on them, right? It's worth it to stick it out, stick it out with your head. Stick it out with your man. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a break. And when I come back, I'm going to give you the keys to bring back that loving feeling to get the boredom out of it. And most of it, see, most of it, people understand, most of bringing that feeling back, most of it can be done without spending a dime. Okay, most of it can be done without spending a dime. Sometimes money needs to be spent, and I get that. If money needs to be spent, money needs to be spent. That's fine. but. If you can get away with it without spending money, yeah, we'll get away with it without spending any money. That way, 
you save your money for something better down the road. I mean, that's what a penny saved is a penny earned, right? So if we can do this, if we can bring this love and feeling back without having to spend any money, then that is the that is the thing we do. If we have to spend money, we have to spend money. Let's just spend our money smartly toward a resolution and not just and not just a frivolous placation is what I want to say. Not just frivolously placating the situation. Spending hundreds of dollars just to put a band-aid on a situation. We need to spend as little money as we can and actually fix the problem. So this is what we're gonna do. I'm gonna take a break. And then when I come back, we'll do that. You're listening to ABC Podcast on SoundCloud, the Saturday special. Be right back. Hey, let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent, star of Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost, what's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's sugar smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounded, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. And he knows I do, too. That's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's Sugar Smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well. Down, 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 the stomach through. Round, 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 the system too. With Alka-Seltzer, they always say. Relief is just... Bless that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra-good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra-rich, extra-thick, extra-chocolatey, Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate flavored syrup for you. Sing out. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate-flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco. That's the drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great because you're a 
shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. The man around here, you can quote me on this. Yoo-hoo-hoo, it's Swiss cream sandwich for yoo-hoo-hoo, and yoo-hoo-hoo, A truly different cream sandwich, Swiss cream sandwich, baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself, no other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. It's Swiss cream sandwich for you, you, and you, Swiss cream sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. Ah, a box of matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. 
Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message, and only secret squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the secret squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert. And drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the secret squadron. We secret squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Yes, just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good, too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some tank. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of New Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. All right, so how do we get that love and feeling back? Right, and this. This advice is for women as well as men. Because then we, we we need to do our parts too, right? I mean, let's not put this all on the women. A lot of it is, is all a lot of it is on the women. I get that. And let me let me turn this down just a little bit. I think that's good. Um, a lot of this is on the women because women, like I say, you control the tempo of the relationship once the, once the relationship starts. You control the tempo of it. So depending on what you do or what you don't do can make or break a relationship. It can make a relationship good or bad. And it can keep the relationship going or it can kill the relationship. A lot of that is dependent on what you do. However, man, we have to do our parts too. Right? So there's that. But here's the thing. When we talk about when we talk about the relationship stalling, the routine set in. And you've spent so much time on the routine that you literally forget 
pray for each other. And that's the thing. Sometimes you become, because of your job, you become two shifts passing in the night. That happens too. Conflict of schedules and things like that. Maybe one works the morning shift, one works the evening shift somewhere else. And so when one comes home, the other's leaving. That happens too. And it plays a lot into why relationships die the way they do. I get that. Now, but again, I'm not here to hash that out. I'm here to have, I'm here to talk about and be closer. I'm here to talk about what happens when that feeling, when the feeling's gone and women are now complaining of their board and they're seriously looking at divorcing their husband because they're bored. Terrible idea, but they do it anyway. Well, first of all, put my glasses back on because I need to see. First of all, what you need to, what I need to realize, women, especially women, women, the first thing you need to realize is this, once, once those starts, thoughts start creeping in, first thing you need to realize is this, is that, A, men are very linear creatures, we are, we're very, we're very simple, we're very easy to please. All we need from, all we require from you for us to be happy is, A, a, a shred of respect, right? But B, be kind to us. Just be kind to us. That's it. Just be nice. Just be be friendly to us. Just and yeah, prop us up, right? Because propping us up does a lot. Now I went. Now I went over in yesterday's show how a woman can get that get out of that masculine energy and bring her femininity back by understanding how to how to appreciate the things that men do. Because when you appreciate the things that men do, then you find it a lot easier to be a woman. I know to modern women, the modern feminists, that's counterintuitive. I get that. None of none of it makes sense to the modern feminists because the modern feminists does don't think like normal, rational people do. So I get the modern women fem I get the modern women and feminists. That's kind of a that's a strange concept to them. But for everybody else, trust me on this one. When you learn, when women learn to appreciate the things that men do, then it's a lot easier for a woman to be in her feminine because by allowing men to be their masculine, and I hear this a lot, especially from modern women who look for tra traditional men, because they're like, well, I mean, by, I just want somebody that who's a masculine man because a masculine man will bring out my feminine energy. And I, I don't doubt that's true. I mean, it may, it may put things on a, a shakily transactional background, but or footing, but okay. If that's your thing, that's your thing. However, you understand, but the point is that you understand that a man that's allowed to live in his masculinity will always bring out, will always bring the femininity out of a woman. And that much is pretty much understood. But women, it's up to you to understand what it is men do, what it is, uh, what it is that men go through. Because I think if you understood what men go through, and I, I saw this video on YouTube where this woman came out as bisexual, and she's you know she's in her mid to late twenties, came out as bisexual recently, even in the last like couple of years or so, started dating women. And then she came back to YouTube and said, now that I'm dating women, I understand what men go through now because she's going through now as a woman who dated men. Now that she's dating women, the women are doing to her what they do to men. 
And now she now she understands what it is that men go through in the dating field. And it gives it gave her an appreciation and it gave her a glimpse into what it was that she was doing to men. Because she even made the admission. She's like, well, I realized that a lot of the stuff that they did to me is the same thing that I do to men. And so it flipped her thinking. And because of that, she's going to, because of that, she has a lot more appreciation for what it is that men go through. She doesn't really understand men, but she understands now what happens to men on the dating scene. And that, that goes a long way because if that gets her to change her attitude and her perspective and gets her to do things better, well, then that's the entire point of life, right? It's to learn things. It's, it's life is, life is made of two parts. It is the, wow. Those are playing charges until you have five. That's interesting. I didn't think what happened on Saturday. I don't think it's playoff time either, so that's a nice one. Um, it gave... Let me back up. There are, two, there are two aspects to life, or there are actually two lives. There's a life you live before something, you learn something major, and the life you learn, and the life you live afterward, right? That came from a movie. I can't remember which movie it came from. But there, you live two lives. The life you live before you learn something major and the life you live afterward. This woman's going to live a completely different life after she learned what it is men go through on the dating scene. So this is a good thing. Women, when you get to this point where you feel like you're stuck in your relationship, there's a life you live up to that point and the life you live afterward. When you have a choice in your life, you can you can choose to get back out on the dating scene where there's nothing for you, or you can stay with this man. How do you stay with this man? You get to appreciate the things that he does. Well, how do you start to do that? Well, first of all, when you first of all when when you look at him, you need to learn. No, you don't even need to learn because you already know. You know the things that he does for you. When was the last time you gave him an honest to goodness compliment? on something that he did and i'm not just saying like show and appreciate like thank you for i don't know washing the dishes or thank you for taking care of the laundry or thank you for taking out the trash or whatever right because women do that all the time i get that but when was the last time like your man made dinner and when was the last time you told him like hey that was a good you did a good job on that dinner like it, it tasted really good like when was the last time you did that or when was the last time you washed your clothes and you look and you saw that your shirt was like hella clean because it was in the military and it was like wash clothes, right? Wash clothes better than you. But you looked and your shirt's like hella clean. When was the last time you, you went to him like, my shirt's really clean. You, you did this? This is, did a damn good job. Thank you, you know? Or you wore your, or you wear your shirt proudly like, I've been washing this. It came out cleaner than ever. Like, when was the last time you honestly gave, gave him an honestly, honestly goodness compliment? on something he did and not just said thank you for doing it, but recognize the good job that he did on with doing it. Maybe he fixed the sink and the sink works better than ever. Now you're using the sink. When was the last time you told him, man, you fixed the sink and it's better than ever now. This is awesome. And you and you use the sink in front like you make sure that he knows that he did a good job on fixing that sink or fixing that toilet or fixing your car or whatever. You know, you tell them, well, you did a great job fixing the car. I'm getting better gas mileage because thank you. It's, it's your fault. I really, I really appreciate that. You did a great job. When I said, when I, in yesterday's show, I said, if you go to a coffee shop, right? Because I, 
if you go to a coffee shop all the time, and I use a coffee shop for an example, I know people have their vices and they, they have their places that they go all the time. Because humans are creature habits. So we pick one, we have one place that we like to go constantly. Like for me, it's either, it's, for me, it's, um, it's Menchie's. I, I love going to Menchie's. I haven't been to Menchie's in a little while, but back when, you know, back when me and my, my ex first split, I used to go to Menchie's all the time. And, you know, you learn the people there. Well, when was the last time you went to the place where you go a lot and you learn somebody's name and then you learn to compliment them on the service they provide you? Especially if it's a guy. If it's a guy, it's a, you learn to appreciate, you learn to compliment the guy on the, on the, on the job that he did. So let's back up. Let's back up with an example. So you go to a coffee shop, you go to Starbucks and there's a guy, he's a barista, he's, he's, he makes a coffee there. And he makes good coffee. He's really good at what he does. Well, have you told him that he's really good at what he does? He makes really good coffee. And all it takes is this. You get it. You sip your coffee. You realize it's really good. Or your latte or chai, whatever it is you get. And you go back and you go back to him and say, you did this really well. You made this is a phenomenal cup of coffee. And I'll tell you what, I come to you because you make you do this really well. Maybe you tip him, maybe you don't. It'd be a good thing if you do, because after all, this that's how he makes his living. You give him a tip, that's your tip. And you earn that tip because you make a phenomenal cup of coffee. I'll be back. I'm going to be back to see you. And I'm going to get some more of this really good coffee from you. And it does two things. One, it reaffirms his, to him, it reaffirms that he's doing a good job. And he's going to want to see you and make that good cup of coffee for you again. And then... You learn to appreciate what it is that he does. So it's kind of a win-win for you. He makes good coffee. You, you learn to appreciate what he does. But even more than that, every time you see this guy now, he's going to make you the best cup of coffee he can make. Why? Because you complimented him on the phenomenal coffee that he makes. And he takes that and he, he really appreciates, trust me, the guy really appreciates that. Men just don't get enough compliments because men are expected to do the things that they do well. So when they do the things that they do well, a lot of people attribute it to just being, to just being the masculine thing to do. You've got to do it. you got to do it well. So men don't get a lot of compliments on things that they do well. So one of the things that, one of the things that is really important when it comes to keeping this thing going, this relationship going, is looking at your boyfriend, your husband, or whatever the case is, and complimenting him on the job that he's doing. Well, the job that he's and the job that he did on something, whether he cooked or whether he fixed your car or fixed something around the house, whether he did the laundry, and he's going to trust me. Once you once you do that, once you once you make it known to him that he did a good job or whatever it is he did, he's going to want to keep doing it. Why? Because he because we like to compliment. We like to know we did a good job, and if we know we're doing something well, we're going to keep doing it regardless of. Regardless of if we think we should be doing it or not, i.e. housework after 40, 50, 60 hours of work. I'm telling you, women, you say you want, and here's a, here's a paradoxical thing that I never, that I never quite understood. And maybe, maybe you can leave me a message or send me an email or something. Give you my email address at the beginning of the show. I think I did. Jesse at J Ramsey ABC. I think I did. But email me the answer to this. How is it that you expect a man, because I hear this a lot, he needs to come home, he needs to help me around the house. 
when he comes home from work because I'm just so overloaded with doing all this and doing this and doing that. And you get mad at him because he doesn't help around the house. But I don't understand how he's supposed to help around the house and you literally ignore the things that if he if he did it around the house, you ignore it because you figure it was something he was supposed to do anyway. And so he's sitting here like, okay, I did it. She doesn't appreciate it. I'm going to go back to my games. And now he doesn't want to do it anymore because you don't appreciate it. After 40, 50, and 60 hours a week of working. So he comes home. He comes home. He doesn't want to, for what, well, no, for whatever reason, he decides to pick something up like the dishes. He'll pick up a, he'll pick up one of the chores, the dishes, the laundry, whatever it is, because he just wants to ease the load on you. He sees you kind of, he sees you a bit flustered. So he does, he eases the load. Or maybe you're gone because it's a more common scenario. You're gone. He gets home first. He sees the dishes need to be done. He does the dishes. You come back home. The dishes are done. And you're like, Oh, look, the dishes are done. Cool. He did his job. He came back home. It was a twin. It was a 10 or 12 hour day. He came back home and did the dishes. Good. Cool. I wanted him to help around the house anyway. Awesome, right? But what does that do for him? Like, if all you do is think that, okay, awesome, he did the dishes when he comes home, and then you go about doing doing the things that you do, what is what then what what incentive does that create for him to keep to keep doing what he does? If he doesn't get if he's not getting being recognized for what it is he does. Because women, you always talk about being recognized for the things that you do. You always want to be recognized. Well, I did this and you didn't say a damn thing about it. I, I hear that a lot. And it's weird to me because you always wanted to be you always want to be the one being recognized for what you do, but when it comes to them, all of a sudden it's something that he's supposed to do. So why would I recognize him? And it's something that he's supposed to do. That never made sense to me. And so if you can make sense if you can make sense of that, then Please, I, I I implore you to make make sense of it. So go to my Facebook, email me, or drop a comment or something, and let me know what that's about. Because I'm genuinely confused about that. Like, how does that even fly? So I, I really want to know. However, that notwithstanding, it's very important that you recognize you recognize your your boyfriend, your husband, your significant other on the things that they do. Likewise, men. We need to step up and start doing that too. If I get it, you probably worked out a you probably worked out a thing where they were. Well, there, there could be a few different scenarios too. There could be one where where your your girlfriend or your spouse or whatever, your wife or whatever, is a stay at home and that's all she does is take care of the home or whatever. Or you may have a situation where you both work. And the person who works less is the person who works less hours makes up those hours to bring it even. Sorry, I think my dog. I don't think my dog is out. But to bring it even, if you can bring that even, if you can bring it even with housework, then that's what you do. So, a man works forty hours, a woman works twenty hours, a woman makes up twenty hours in housework to reach that forty hours. If that's if that's what you do, that's what you do. But men. When women when women do that and they do a good job, we need to we really step up and recognize the job that the good job that they did. If they made a if they made a meal that was exceptionally good, we need to let them know, man, that that meal you made like is good. And even if it's even if it's not good, even if it's kind of a miss, because you know we have our we have our hit days, we have our miss days. 
And if it's a missed day at the stove, then there is a way to be tactful, women. There's a way to be tactful if your guy cooks a meal and it's kind of a miss. There's a way to be tactful about it, about letting him know that it was a miss. Because, again, what I hear a lot is the fact is the fact that a woman a woman would taste something that's kind of a miss and she'll turn her nose up at it. And it's not a common thing, but it's enough to it's enough for me to take notice. And they'll turn and they'll turn their nose up and they'll say something to the effect of maybe not exactly this, but to the effect of I cannot eat this because what uh, because of this and this and that. And that's very disheartening. And men do it too, not to the not to the extent. And it has to be like really like really bad in order for a man to like turn his nose up at it because we're so used to eating whatever it is that's out there that you know any home cooked meal will regardless of how it tastes, we'll just scarf it down. Um like the army says, we'll eat it now, taste it later. Men are good at that. Right. However, women can be kind of finicky about these things. So there's a tactful way to there's a tactful way to let him know that yeah, it was kind of a miss, but maybe you'll get it, you know, maybe you'll get him next time, right? That's kind of a thing. So again, what do you do? Like maybe this maybe this is just an example. He makes something and there's a little too much salt in it, right? He wasn't watching the he wasn't watching the salt distribution. He's got a little too much salt in it. Well, instead of turning up your nose and saying, "Well, I can't eat this; it's too salty," which eh, don't do that, please, because it's very discouraging. You know, just go ahead and finish it. I know it's kind of hard. You're gonna have to choke it down, but trust me, men do. We men do this all the time when. When you cook a meal and it's a miss, we'll eat it anyway. And then whatever is said is said afterward, but we'll eat it anyway. So women, can you just do us that solid, um, finish it, or even if even if you can't, just be kind of tactful about it. But but tell him, you know, tell him, hey, and, he asks, and maybe he asks how is it, maybe not, but if he asks how it is, tell him it's good, but, you know, it's you, I think you put a tad too much salt. So. For the next time you do this, maybe dial down the salt a little bit, and it will be on point. Just tell them it's good. I think you put it. I think you're a little heavy-handed with the salt. So next time you make this, a little less salt, it will be on point. And that gives that gives you that gives your man a thing to improve upon, right? It gives that lets him know exactly what's wrong, and that if he improves upon that, then the results will more most likely be. The results will most likely be a whole hell of a lot better. Like I have this thing that I do, right? Where if my girlfriend does something and it's a miss, but she does something at the stove and it's a miss, and you know I, I'll finish it anyway, and I'll say, and she'll ask how was it, and I'll say it was good. However, um, it was a bit bland, and I'll ask her, "What did you do when you seasoned it?" And she'll tell me, and then I'll say, "Oh, instead of maybe instead of doing that." Maybe try this because again, there's just some things that I that I've there's some techniques that I picked up throughout my life that helps uh, help me seasoning food, seasoning meals. So I said, instead of doing this, try this. You know, I give it a step by step. Well, you take this, 
you melt this into that, and you sprinkle that on that, and sprinkle that on that, and then you make a nice little, you, know, you make a nice little mixture, and then that mixture you use, and you put that in, and then you do that, and it's going to flavor it a whole lot better. And if you do that, it's going to be on point. And so the next time when it comes around, and and it may be a while, so she'll come back and ask me. She'll say, "Hey, what was that thing that you told me that I should do the next time I?" Like the next time I make this meal, I say, Oh, you do this and this and that, and sprinkle this and melt that and do all that. And I give it a step by step, and then she does it and it comes out better. And that's a tactful way to, that's a tactful way to do things. Now, let's get back to, let's get it back to, let's dial it back because I know I, I went down kind of a rabbit hole there, but it's a kind of an, it's kind of an important thing. I feel like some, some people out there need to hear that. That was just on my heart. But how do we get that loving feeling back? Well, simple. Remember that once upon a time, your British, your man, and I get all these. I need to learn how to silence these alarms on my computer. I haven't I have to go into the window settings, but I just don't like doing that every show. But seriously, though, you have to remember, especially you ladies out there. I talk a lot to the ladies, and I get that. Men, this is for you too, but. Again, it's not really a problem. More, it's more of a problem with the women than the men. But men, listen up. You have to get back, and I'm going to talk to ladies. Men, ladies, you have to get back to how it was at the beginning. Because a lot of y'all forget how it was. And you get so wrapped up in the routine that you forget what it was like in the beginning. And what's that? It's, it's not the fact that once it's lost, it's lost. Because it can always be, you can always be called back up. Long-term memory is something else. I'm telling you that I studied that. I studied it in college. Long-term memory is something else, and it can be and it can be recalled. And all of the emotions that all the emotions are with it. Think of think of how PTSD makes people feel when they're triggered. It's the same thing. Instead of PTSD triggering somebody, let's let's have let's be triggered by a positive memory, right? Let's have the emotions. Let's have a triggering of the positive emotions that comes with positive memories. You need to remember how things were in the beginning. And in order to do that, a great way to do that is once you have some downtime. Once you have some downtime, this is just one technique. Once you have some downtime, you go to your spouse and your significant other, and you just drag up a random memory that where you two both had fun when you're dating. And you say, hey, babe, I know I was thinking about this, but remember the time when... And then you start talking about that. And as you reminisce about that, both feelings are going to start to come back. And talk yourself through. Seriously, talk yourself through. It works. You, I'm pretty sure the reason why you got married is because you had experiences after experience after experience after experience with that. So when you recall those memories... It's going to dredge up. It's going to drag up all those feelings. This is why people. This is why divorced people get themselves in trouble with their exes all the time. Is because they start talking about talking to their ex about things that used to happen in the relationship, and then all those memories get conjured up. And now, next thing you know, you're in a you're in a pretty sticky situation with your ex. Well, it's the same thing, but you're still with your significant other. You're still with your girlfriend and your wife and your spouse. So dredge up to drag up all those memories, right? Drag up all those good memories and talk yourself through and see if you can see if you can remember them vividly enough to where those to where all of those emotions, all of the, all of those feelings of romance are stirred up and recalled. 
And that's a good way to bring that feeling back. Another thing that's very simple to do, it's, as a matter of fact, the simplest thing you can do, besides, besides talking about memories, but the simplest thing you can do, and I need all my biologists and psychologists out there who are, looking, who are listening to back me up on this. The simplest thing you can do is skin-to-skin contact. This random skin-to-skin contact. If you're walking past your significant other, touch your shoulder. If, if she has a bare shoulder, touch her shoulder. Or touch her hand. Touch her neck. Touch your face. Her hair. Whatever. Whatever the case is. Just touch her. You don't have to, like, grope her and feel just a little touch. Just that little bit of skin-to-skin contact. Because there's something about it. I'm not going to begin to explain it because I don't understand. I don't understand it myself. Maybe somebody can come in. Maybe somebody can come in and leave it on my page and explain exactly what it is. But there's something about skin to skin contact that is very intimate and is very and it brings you close. It's it's like I said. I can't explain it. It's just simple transfer of energies, the way I understand it. But it's deeper than that. It goes. It's really. It's again. It goes down to the senses and how it plays with psychology but just simple touch so even if you just walk past her and just touch her on the arm just one little touch on the arm or or even you touch her on the hand or whatever just in passing but if you do that that closeness you'll keep that closeness again i don't don't understand and another thing in bed skin to skin contact in bed you don't have to like do the do every night, but instead of like full pajamas and stuff like that, maybe the both of you go go to bed shirtless, and then you have that skin to skin contact all night. This is just a, this is just a thing. These are just things that you can do that will keep you close. But communication is the key, and when I say communication, it is. Hey, making sure that the expectations are constantly communicated, whether the expectations are being met or not. And if they're not being met, don't be mean about it. Just be like, hey, we should focus on X, Y, Z, because X, Y, Z needs to be focused. So it's not, it's not. Well, you need to do this because it hasn't been done yet. No, we don't. We don't play that game. It's hey, um, this hasn't been done yet. I think we should focus on this for the for the next thing. Met expectations. Another is touch, and then the other is memories. People don't really uh, people don't really value memories the way memories should be valued. When you get old, you do yes. Or you're you know you're at the twilight. You're at the you're at the what is it, dusk dusk of your life, and you're looking back on the things that you've accomplished and those memories. But while you're you know while you're still while you're still living with your husband, your girlfriend, or boyfriend, or whatever, when was the last time you were actually sat back and just remembered the things that you did when you were dating, how you met, the circumstances under which you met, the first date, the first time you held hands, where you were the first time you, the first time you kissed? Like, when was the last time you went over those memories? The first time you went to the movies, the first time you went to dinner. That embarrassing thing that happened to you at the party. Like, when was, you know, and again, it's it's little things like that. Like, the, sometimes it's those embarrassing things that happen to the party, that happened at the party, that made your significant other fall in love with you. 
because of the way things happened and the way you took it. And he was like, oh, that's he's such a you know he's such a great guy because that happened to him and the way he reacted was just that's what that's what drew me to him. I hear a lot of stories like that about how she fell in love with him because of this thing that happened. How he handled, she realized that this was the guy for her. When was the last time you sat back and ruminated on those memories? I think that's important because, again, just when you get some free time, just just conjure up a memory and just think about it and smile because of it. And then, once those feelings come up, you kind of you have to feel those you have to feel those feelings and kind of live in those feelings. And then when you see him again, then those feelings are there. I mean, you know that it's. It's it's a really simple thing that you can do that again doesn't cost any money, or and it really doesn't really take a whole lot of physical effort. It doesn't. It's just conjuring up a memory. We do it all the time. So why not just conjure up a memory of the good times of the thing that made you fall in love? Because I guarantee you, ladies, and I said this on my last show. I said that once upon a time, before things got to this point where you feel like you lost that loving feeling, you got to remember that once upon a time, that man looked at you and he looked at you as if he saw you as if there was nothing else on this planet that could even touch you as far as quality of a woman. There's nothing on this planet that even comes close. Once upon a time, that man looked at you like that. And you have to get it back to where that man looks at you like that again, because I'm going to tell you, if you want that man, if you want that man to continue to be that good man, to be that faithful man, to be that hardworking man, to be that protective provider, he's got to remember, he's got to be reminded of what it is he's protecting, what it is he's providing for. And if you're not doing that thing, if you're not, if you're not constantly in your romantic feelings for him, he's going to pick up on it. What the heck was that? Anyway. He's going to pick up on it, and he's going to wonder, as time goes by, he's going to wonder what exactly it is he's providing and protect, providing for and protecting. Because if he doesn't feel like, if he doesn't feel like there's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, then the effort just won't be worth it. Again, remember, we have minds that are built for, for understanding of investment, and if something doesn't make sense, if we're investing time and energies into something that doesn't really, that's not really giving a return, and again, return doesn't always have to be sexual, but just that appreciation and just that, just that honest, um, just that honest opinion that yes, this is a great thing that he's doing for me and the family. Excuse me. If he doesn't feel that, if he doesn't feel like he's providing for that and protecting that, then you're going to lose him as a man. Um, I guarantee you this. And you're going to lose him to somebody again. Go back to my go back to my show where I mentioned Jay uh, for my job. You'll lose him to a woman like Jay, or you may lose him to AI. I mean, you may take over in AI because AI is going to support him. AI is going to, you know, AI is going to be there, prop him up and give him the, give him the props and supports that, that men seek. And if Women, if you don't do it, then AI is always there ready to do it. And go back to my first show about AI. If you really want to find out how much of a threat it is to the, to anybody's romantic relationship, and I talked about that, right? So a couple of, just a couple of easy, easy things. 
would you shooty? So let's play guinea pig. Um, there's a couple of things you could do that, do that don't cost any money. One, you just keep up the touch. Women walk past you, touch, touch your man. You know, touch his arm. Touch his neck. Just touch it somewhere on his bare skin. It does, it works wonders for you too, like it works for us. Men, we know we love to, we love the feel of a woman's skin. There's nothing, there, it's just, well, depending on how they take care of their skin, but it can be soft and velvety and just, it can be soft, smooth and velvety and just, there's nothing like it. Well, uh, women, I don't know what you experience when you touch a man's skin, but there has to be, there has to be something that you like about it. So, Dwell in that, touch your skin and dwell in that feeling. And that's, and that does wonders. I'm telling you, it works wonders. And then live in those memories, live in those positive memories, live in the memories of why you fell in love and how it was when you fell in love and the circumstances, all the dates, all the great dates that you went on. And even if something, even if something embarrassing happened and you guys just kind of pull through it, you know, remember that. And it's, it goes a long way towards rekindling that. And if all else fails, you take some money and you make the arrangements and you go on vacation and make sure it's the two of you. And when it's the two of you in a nice secluded romantic spot somewhere probably in another state or another country, then you go back once you're there in that next country and you're enjoying the sights and the sounds and the cultures, then you can come back and drop some memories like, hey, remember when we were dating when and then, and then you touch his arm in the skin and you hug up on each other and you just enjoy being together within another country and enjoying another culture, enjoying the sights, enjoying the sounds is you two together learning things. And again, this is going to be a memory that you recall later down the line when you feel like, again, you lost a loving feeling again. You can go back to the time, the first time you lost a loving feeling to where you went to somewhere like Germany or Switzerland, or China, or or Australia, or Malaysia, or wherever it is that you find yourself, Greece, wherever it is you find yourself. And you have that memory to draw on now, and all those feelings that come with that. And you can use that to bring back that loving feeling. And you can kickstart, you can kickstart any stalled relationship by just doing that. So that's what's up. Profiles. Let's see. Let's get to some profiles, yeah? Because one of this is something I it's just something I found fun to do. And again, if you have a profile, you're on one of these dating sites and you have a profile and you don't you're not understanding why it is that you're not understanding why it is that you're not getting the responses from people like you think you should be, or you're getting responses from the wrong people. Again, I went in I went over that I think in yesterday's show. Yeah, I think I went over in the yesterday's show that if you're that the magnet thing and that a pull would attract the opposite pull. Go back and listen to my last show. I explained it pretty nicely. But here we are with the here we are with POF and let's get into this. Hang on. Actually, looks like it's time for a break. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take one break, ten minutes. Um, I'll be back in 10 minutes, and then we're going to do this. Um, you are listening to... Oh, get out of the way. You're listening to ABC on SoundCloud. On SoundCloud. You're listening to ABC on Block Talk Radio, the Saturday special. I'll be back in 10 minutes. Hey, 
Let's take a minute and meet Clark Kent, our Superman. Chief, believe me, you're in for a treat just as soon as Jimmy gets back here. Great Caesar's ghost, what's holding him up? You know I can't work without a good breakfast. Chief, Jimmy's bringing a box of Kellogg's sugar smacks. All the more reason for hurrying. Confounded, that boy knows I like those new sugar smacks. And he knows I do, too. And that's a cinch. Well, here I am. Young man, if you spill those new sugar smacks, you're fired. Golly, Chief, I hadn't opened up the box yet. But I'm going to now. Well, I guess we all agree on sugar smacks. Right. Folks, don't wait. Get Kellogg's new sugar smacks. They're better than ever. Puffs of wheat, sugar toasted, and candy sweet. You bet. Just get Kellogg's sugar smacks, brand new. A Northwest Mountie, and he's been trailing this desperate character for three years. And I'm tired. Well, it's him or me. Uh-oh. He's got an aching head, an upset stomach, and an empty gun. What you need is some Alka-Seltzer. You know what they always say. Yeah, a Mountie always gets his man. Oh, no. I mean about Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Well. Down, 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 the stomach through. Round, 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 the system too. With Alka-Seltzer, they always say. Relief is Bless that relief-giving Alka-Seltzer. For that headache and upset feeling, take Alka-Seltzer. Relief is just a swallow away. Hi, kids. Look at some delicious magic with the extra-good chocolate-flavored syrup, Bosco. Now watch. Take ice cream, spoon on extra-rich, extra-thick, extra-chocolatey, Bosco syrup. There's the best chocolate flavor you ever tasted. More Bosco magic. Cake, ice cream, topped with extra thick, extra chocolatey Bosco syrup. Try it. Bosco also makes milk chocolatey delicious. Tell mom to get Bosco chocolate flavored syrup for you. Sing out. I love Bosco. It's rich in chocolate tea. Chocolate flavored Bosco is mighty good for me. Mama puts it in my milk for extra energy. Bosco gives me iron and sunshine vitamin D. Oh, I love Bosco. That's the drink for me. I'm a spaceman. The moon and sun and all the stars are great big to throw up. I'm a princess. Yes, my lord, it's a party tonight. We'll have to do a pop. All the kids in the neighborhood say to do a pop. The triple good, triple good. And do you know why? Sure. Because one, there's good tasting hard candy outside. And two, there's a delicious center of Tootsie Roll inside. And three, only Tootsie Roll Pops is such fun to eat. That's why they're triple good. And don't forget Tootsie Roll Pops come in a party pack, too. Ten Pops and assorted flavors. There's a game on the back that's lots of fun to do. All the kids in the neighborhood say Tootsie Roll Pops are triple good. Triple good. You'll love Tootsie Roll Pops. Hi, I'm Mike Wallace. 
with a sensational shortening discovery for better baking and frying. It's Procter & Gamble's Golden Fluffo, the first all-new shortening in 40 years. It's rich. Its color is golden yellow. And what a pie it makes. Richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing. But let's hear what Mrs. Thelma Styra, Indiana State Fair baking champion, had to say about Fluffo. I love Fluffo. It makes such a golden brown pie. Oh, man, that's some apple pie. Well, Mr. Wallace, that's a prettier pie than I ever baked with plain white shortening. And look how flaky it is. This yellow Fluffo is such a short shortening. Makes pie crust so rich. Like cooking champions, get richer looking, better tasting, more appetizing results in everything you bake or fry. Get golden Fluffo. The man around here, you can quote me on this. Yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo, it's Swiss cream sandwich for yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo, and yoo-hoo-hoo, yoo-hoo. A truly different cream sandwich, Swiss cream sandwich, baked by Nabisco. The luscious, creamy fillings in a class by itself, no other like it. And these tempting vanilla cookies are so light, they melt in your mouth. It's Swiss cream sandwich for you, you, and you, Swiss cream sandwich. Say, it's time for my favorite dance team, so let's look. matches and a pack of old gold cigarettes. That's all you need, my friend. And you're enjoying the smoothest, mildest, tastiest cigarette ever created. A treat instead of a treatment. That's old gold cigarettes. Made by tobacco men, not medicine men. To give you the cigarette that treats you better in every way. Because in every way, it's a better cigarette. Good, huh? Yes, for a treat instead of a treatment. Get a pack or get a carton of old gold cigarettes. Right now, this is Dennis James reminding you to keep smoking old gold cigarettes. Thanks. Attention. To help carry on our important work, I want you to join the secret squadron and wear this official badge and have this secret decoder. Following each week's adventure, I'll send an important secret message, and only Secret Squadron members who have decoders can decode them. Also, later I'll tell you the simple rules for joining the Secret Squadron, but you must promise to do as I do. Keep yourself healthy and mentally alert. And drink Ovaltine every day. It's the official drink of the Secret Squadron. We Secret Squadron members know chocolate-flavored Ovaltine helps give us what we need for rocket power. Just as a rocket adds thrust during takeoff, Ovaltine can add the kind of nourishment so important for rocket power. We drink Ovaltine hot for breakfast. Mmm, good too. And cold for lunch and between meal snacks. And hot again at bedtime to help keep us revved up with rocket power. 
Believe me, Ovaltine's got what it takes to help you be a leader in your gang. So drink instant Ovaltine every day. The Gemini Space Flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank Tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-G pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some Tang. This man just showered with a new kind of soap. New Life Boy Mint Refresher. A soap so loaded with mint, so tangy, so frosty, it drives wives wicked. Every bar of new Life Boy Mint Refresher contains the essence of 125 mint leaves. Soap has never smelled this good before, and neither have you. New Life Boy Mint Refresher drives wives wicked. All right, play your face profiles. Um, so yeah, take a break. I like literally had to feed my cat because I feed my cat around, you know, five five fifteen, and sometimes my cat will come look at me like, "Hey, you gonna feed me?" So I take a break, feed my cat, do everything. And and another thing is, I don't want to be in the middle of doing the play your face thing, and then my cat goes, "You gonna feed me?" And then I to have to play your face so I can just feed this insolent cat. So again, um. So there we go. Now we got some. Now we got some profiles pulled up. Let's get through them. This one here is Victoria eight eight zero three two, and off the bat, um, she only has two pictures up. And two pictures, she's she's good. She's a good looking woman. She's blonde. Um, not quite sure about the big sunglasses because again, I'm, I'm a big fan of seeing seeing somebody's eyes in a profile picture. But if this is what she wants, this is what she wants. But she's still she's still a good looking woman. Blonde hair, blue eyes. She's got a great figure. So she's got a picture of her in at the beach in a black bikini. Uh, she's sitting with a with a glass of some kind of drink. Looks like I don't know. I won't even guess what that is. But it looks refreshing. This one it's a little dark. You can't really see her facial features because again her sunglasses and the underexposure of her hair blowing, creating the shadow across her face. So you can't really see it, but Again, relatively good looking one. She's 42. She's from Seattle 5A. And she says she's looking for a good, honest friend. Good start. Good start. So let's see. Basics. She's an honor. She's got a master's degree. And right off the bat, I think I see what's going on here. Uh, blonde, blonde, blue, thin, thin build, Caucasian, separated. Uh, she wants a relationship, interested in men. About Victoria 88032. Too much hobbies to list. Let's talk. Let's put a pin in that. 
lifestyle, doesn't smoke, drinks socially, doesn't do drugs, is Christian, other. Um, she's ambitious. All kids are over 18. She's undecided if they want children. Well, let me put that to bed and say that probably won't happen because we're 42. Not a good idea. More about Victoria. 88032. She's a cancer. She owns a cat. She is an animal lover. She owns a car. She doesn't speak a second language. Longest relationship it was over 10 years. Now, let's get, let's dissect this. On the surface, this is a good profile. It really is. She's got great pictures up, even though there are only two of them. And her opener can be good, but at least there's no negative in her in her opener. There's not a negative in there. She doesn't come out again like she doesn't come out the gate too fast and hit a wall. Okay, so that's a good thing. However, I think her biggest problem—well, not her biggest problem. But the thing that's holding her, the thing that's the thing that's got her handcuffed, is the fact that she has her master's degree and she owns her business. Which, again, if you've been listening to me, if you're a P1 listener, then you understand how I feel about women who have their master's degree and they own their businesses. That's a great thing for you. Great for you. Glad you were able to accomplish all that. You're just not going to find what you're looking for because a man doesn't really doesn't care about that. But on the positive side, at least she's not touting her touting all of her accomplishments in her bio, which is a damn good thing. Because a lot of you women out there, when it comes to putting up these dating profiles, you like to say you're on you own a business, you have a, you have this degree, and then you go and you list all of this stuff in the bio. And remember what I said, the more stuff you list about your professional and educational accomplishments, it's just by listing them, it's a bad thing. Men don't care about it. But the more you list, it becomes a net negative. She doesn't do that, which is a good thing. But the fact that she has a bachelor's degree and she owns her business means that she's and she has been, whether she's still there or not. My guess is that she is, but whether she's still there or not, uh, men look at them. We 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 do as a prov as provider protector men. We look at those kind of things. We'll see owner, we'll see master's degree, and the gears will start clicking, and we're like, is this a woman that we're going to want to deal with? Who's going to who? When I come home from doing what I do, is she going to immediately do the competition thing or do the one-upsmanship thing? That's a concern. All right. Now, if not, if you don't do that, ma'am, awesome. I wish you to put that in your bio to, to kind of assuage the fears. But again, so ladies, if you have those accomplishments, then yes, absolutely say you have a degree. Absolutely say you own a business or whatever, whatever your job is. Absolutely say that. But when men see that, you have to understand that in your bio, you have to assuage the fears of the competition. So in your bio, you would say that look, you're looking for a man that you can appreciate the things that he does. And that does a lot for negating the masculine energy thing. And then also, like this woman taking pictures in like a bikini and maybe a dress or something so that you play up your femininity, you play up your femininity in the pictures. But remember this, these ads, these profiles advertise you and you want to put your best foot, your best foot forward in this advertisement. 
Ask any advertising agency. You don't even have to just call them up and ask them to take what, ask them the secret to good advertisement. They'll tell you. They'll, they'll be happy to tell you the secrets to good advertising. And then you tell, and then you use that, use that for your profiles. I, I really recommend that if you're struggling with your profiles, you, you do that too. So that's what's up. Um, Miss Missy, let's see, Sassy Pants, Sassy Pants. Did I do her? Sassy Pants, nineteen sixty nine, from Marysville, lonely, not desperate. She is. She's a shorty, Max, less than five feet. Uh, Fifty four years old. Let's check the pictures. Yeah, I wouldn't have done this picture. It's a close up selfie. She's not really smiling. She's doing the eyes over the glasses thing. The tattoos. No, yeah, the tattoos are tattoos. But she's a little bit on the curvier side, and I get it. There's a market for that. Not very big, but there's the market for that, so I'm not going to knock. Customer service, some college. She's a woman, single. She wants a relationship, interested in it. Uh, she's curvy, of course. Uh, mixed color, looks like blonde and brown. So she's got like a dishwater, what do you call it? Dishwater blonde? Like the blonde, brownish blonde hair. But she has that. Um... Let's see, about Sassy Pants 1969. I just want somebody to love me like Forrest of Jenny's OS. That's a good No, I, I, you know what? And I'm, I tell women, and it's, it's a trip, but I tell women, if you can throw a joke in there, throw a joke in there. Now, that's a good joke, like, for, because everybody understands how Forrest loved Jenny, and he, she, she says she wants somebody to love her like Forrest loved Jenny. And everybody knows about Jenny. If you've, if you've seen Forrest Gump, and I'm pretty sure you have, you know about Jenny, and you know about Forrest, Forrest's level of dedicated dedication to Jenny. And that's that's a hell of a joke. So that's good. I always say, throw a joke. If you can throw a joke in there, perfect, right? Let's see. I work full time to support myself, and she just killed it. But she crashed. Her plane was her plane took off, and she crashed. Let's see. I love animals. Firearms, my country, and our service personnel. Okay, not a bad crash, but I work full time to support myself. What do you What do you need a man for? If you need a man just to love you, well, at the very risk of saying that love alone doesn't make a relationship, and it doesn't, you can you can love somebody all day long. That's not what makes a relationship. It's really not. Um, it's big. It's huge. Don't get me wrong, but it's not the only thing. Right, just like the engine is not the only the, the engine is not the only thing that makes the car move. The engine's good. The engine's the main part of the car, yes, but there are other things about that car that makes it move. Let's see. I'm in shape. Round is a shape. Uh, seriously, I'm a chubby woman. Again, jokes. Jokes are good. Um, I love to walk in height. Very introverted until you get to know me. I'm not looking for hookups. No judgment. Just not my thing. I've been single for a long time, and I'm lonely but not desperate. You know, uh, when you say you're lonely, that comes with... See, here's the thing about saying you're lonely. Saying you're lonely comes with an under, underpinning of desperation if you're putting it on a dating profile. So if you're not desperate, then just don't say you're lonely. All right, just say you're looking for somebody. Just say you're lonely. Because if you say you're lonely and you're not desperate, then you're talking. Then it's like you're talking in circles. You can. Let's see. I've been saying, okay, uh, must be a positive ter- person. I don't do drama or anger issues. Say hello. Not the worst profile ever, but her being 54 seems like she 
and does kind of have her priorities as far as what she wants in order, so that's a good thing. Um, interest, guns, camping, hiking. She spends a lot of time in her masculine energy, I noticed that. Um, but no, she doesn't spend a lot of time there. I think she has some, she has her more masculine traits, which masculine traits in and of themselves aren't bad things. It's just when you spend time in the masculine energy. Like she likes guns, she likes camping, she takes road, she likes taking road trips. Of course, everybody likes traveling, but still. But then she's, it's tempered with a love for animals and things like that. So, and I know she wears jeans and stuff, but. You know, it is what it is. Some guys like tomboys, and that's a good thing. She's, she's, she's a bit tomboyish, but again, she the fact that she referenced Forrest Gump the way she does, she realizes that there is definitely something to be said about feminine energy. So there's that. Let's see, she's a Virgo, explains a lot. Cat, animal lover, she owns a car. No second late, and longest relationship was over 10 years. She was probably married. In, well, no, she, she never been married. Huh? Let's see. I've been single for a long time, and I'm only she doesn't say whether she was, but still, not a bad profile. Couple of missteps, but overall, not very, not bad, not bad at all. So there's that. Let's see her, Barb, age forty nine. She's had a lot of pictures, a selfie. Not too bad looking, brown hair, blue eyes. Um. Oh, I remember her. The um, yeah, the the fairy, the fairy driver. Her, I think I did her already. Um, yeah, Barbie's forty-nine. Yeah, I remember the fairy, because she didn't put anything in her bio, and I had to rip her about it. I remember that. How about her? Adventures with Pam. That's actually an interesting name, and I'll tell you that. Plenty of fish. Adventures with Pam. She's 40. She's from my area of Kent, so I probably ran across her and didn't know. Um, let's see. She's 40. She's from Kent. She's 5'1", Shorty Mac. Ready for another chapter. Let's write it. I feel, like I, I feel like I read this before, but let's see. I know everyone says it, but truly I'm a book. Ask away and not shy. Okay. Not bad. Conversation starter. She is a regional manager. She has an associate's degree. She's a woman. She has green eyes, brown hair. Curvy that she is because she has a full body photo in front of a mirror. And as mirror photos go, this one isn't bad because at least her room is clean. So that's a good thing. But she has a little bit curvier. She's 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 a bit of a talking monkey. I get it. Then <laughs> Bigfoot Java. I love Bigfoot Java. Um. So, but ma'am, um, the fish photo. Everybody does these fish photos. I don't get that. Somebody tell me the appeal of. Please, if you can come by by. Somebody the show or drop by my Facebook or email me. What is the appeal with the fish photos? I never under it's something I never understood. So if you can make me understand that, that'd be great. Email me, Jesse at jramsyabc.com. So she had yeah, she has her pictures that she has her full body shots that she that other people put that other people took of her. And those are net positive. So anytime you can get those pictures, yeah, all day long. And she has her selfies too, so yeah. It's really not bad looking, you know? Trivia woman. She's not bad looking at all. Let's see. About adventures with Pam. Uh, family and my kids come first. Please don't open with that. You talk about out of you talk about out of the hangar and then run the plane into a wall. Don't do that. 
Family and friends come first. Because a guy will look at that and be like, I'm not playing. If I'm going to, I'm not going to play, especially if you're somebody that I'm going to be, try to be with long term. Sorry, I'm not going to play second fielder to anybody, especially if I'm a provider protector. It's, it's not going to happen. So when you say family and kids come first, then you automatically crash the play. That's it. And then you follow it up by I'm looking for a serious relationship and won't play games. Right there again, you came out of you. You you jumped in the plane, came out of the hangar too hot, and crashed a right to a wall before you even took off. Let's see. Chat's here, possibly messaging, and hopefully a date plan would likely be how this goes. Sorry, ma'am. You know, I'm going to finish this. I know, I know what I want. Don't ask for much. But for some, it's too much. Let's see. Interests. Cooking, traveling, romance, exploring, music, camping, fishing, movies. You know, it's got all in one button. Don't know why she did that. It's very confusing. Uh, doesn't smoke, drink socially, doesn't do drugs, is not religious, ambitious, has kids, has kids, does not want children. Uh, we'll get back to that. Um, Leo explains a lot. She has a cat and a dog, hopeless romantic, she owns a car, no psycho language, longest relationship was over five years. So, but not quite ten. So, somewhere between five and ten. Okay, adventures with Pam. Interesting profile. I'm going to let you know where you crashed the plane. Now, in your about, in your bio, your your bio, your bio just wrecked things. Your, your bio, you ran into, ran the plane into a wall before you took off. I'll tell you why. Because you open with your family and your kids come first. And then you follow that up with you're looking for, with the fact that you're looking for a serious relationship. If you're looking for a serious relationship, then your family and your kids can't come first. That's, that's just it. I can kind of understand the kids part, but even if, if you're going to get into a serious relationship, like, if you're dating, your kids can come first all day long. But if you're looking for a serious relationship, then there's something about there's something about that. Especially if your kids, let's see, do you say your kids are grown? You have kids you don't want. Okay, so your kids probably aren't grown yet. So you probably you're probably in the somewhere in the neighborhood of teenagers, right? Your teenagers, if you're going to get into a serious relationship, your teenagers are going to have to you're going to have to put them on the back burner. If the relationship gets somewhat serious, so again, you're gonna you're gonna you say your kids come first, and then you say you're looking for a serious relationship. You crash the plane. Then you say you won't play games. You crash the plane. Then you try to dictate how these things are gonna go. You're trying to dictate something to a provider protector man. That's not gonna happen because a man who who knows his worth and who knows his value is not going to let somebody dictate the terms of what he of the in, in any interaction that he's involved in i'm not going to let you if i'm if i'm sitting across the table from you right and i'm this protector provider man and let's say i let's say i answer let's say i'm a single man and i answer this and i think about answering this profile and i see the pictures are you know she's a cute girl and then i look and i say wait the family and your kids come first then where am i then where am i going to be that's the first question the second question is, wait, you're looking for a serious relationship with me, but you're going to put your family and kids first? That's not going to work. And then you say, and then not only that, not only am I taking a back burner to your family and kids, but you're also going to dictate to me how things are going to, how things are going to work. So first you're going to dictate to me where I am in your hierarchy. And then you're going to tell me what, how these things are going to go. That's not how you approach the dating life. And again, you need to learn how to step in, step off, 
that if you say you're looking for a serious relationship, because here's the thing, this Adventures with Pam, and I understand you're probably not listening to this, but I need to say this for the people that are listening and who are struggling, who have profiles that have the same thing on them. Understand something. When you when you're looking for a long term, see if you're just dating, then I can see some of this flying, right? But when you say you're looking for a serious relationship, then all of this has to go. You have to learn to play the man's game. You can't say you're looking for a relationship and oh, by the way, I'm also going to play the game by my rules. But you have to give me access to a long term relationship by while while simultaneously playing by my rules. Forget where you think you're going to be. How does that work? You're not going to go to a job interview, right? You go to a job. Let's say you go to a job interview, ladies. And the job is, let's say you're going to a job interview for, I don't know, a marketing, a marketing executive, right? So you're going to go, you go to this job interview and you talk to your, and you talk to, I guess, who it is, a district manager or whatever. And, or the region, let's say you talk to regional, the regional manager who's going to hire you. And he says, he sits you down and he goes over your he goes over your application, and then you start telling him how, hey, you have to have time for you have to have time for your family because you know your kids and your family are a thing, so you can't work too many hours because of your family, and then you need this salary, and then you need this office because you're not gonna you know you're not gonna take any guff from any managers, any other but anybody else who think they're above you. They're not going to, you're going to do your job the way you do your job. And you have to have this desk and you have to have this and you have to have that. Do you, do you literally think, and you have to have this certain salary. Do you really think you're going to get hired over the person who's more flexible with their time, who's willing to, who's willing to learn the way that the company does things and not just does things her way. Do you think you're going to get hired over that person? And if the answer is a wholehearted no, then congratulations, you passed the test. This woman here, I again, she's not going to go very far with a profile like this. Nice pictures, her profile crashes the plane, and that's that's just how it is. Especially with her being forty, oh, that's really not going to fly. Sorry, ma'am. There's thirty-two, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three-year-olds that are making that aren't even making these demands, and probably who are also regional managers with associates' degrees. And maybe a little, little younger, little hotter, maybe a little thinner. Who knows? So there you go, ma'am. You gotta learn. You gotta learn to play the man's game. You really do, especially if you're looking for a, especially if you're looking for a serious relationship. You have to learn to play that. You have to learn to play the man's game. You're not gonna. He's not gonna grant you access to a long-term relationship like you're looking for, and you're doing things your way. It's not gonna happen. Check out Blondie here, um, Teresa Washburn one. 50 years old, she's also from Kent, so I probably ran into her too, but she's being out and about, and didn't know it. But let's see, she's 51 years old from Kent, she's 5'7". Let's vibe, that's her opening line, which isn't bad at all. Um, she's not bad looking, a little bit on the curvier side, a little more Rubenesque. Um, she's Colored her hair red and green and blonde, which isn't exactly a bad look, but you may want to exude something a little more your age. I mean, I get it. We're Xers and we did things our way. We did. We literally did. But at some point, 
uh, that's why we have to realize that image is everything. However, she's really not a bad-looking woman. She's not. Again, if you're in and if you're into um, the more Rubenesque type of women, then you know you'll actually find her find her looks pretty appealing. Um, she's a resident care coordinator. She has some college. She's blonde on hazel, curvy, of course. Uh, she wants a relationship. She's interested in men. She's Caucasian. Let's see. About to watch for one. I catch flights and feelings. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't open. I personally wouldn't recommend opening with her. See Kelly and see. Uh, not sure what all this means. So I'm just going to say, not bad, but not. Still not quite sure why she's here. Let's see. Here's black woman. Um, let's see. Let's check out her picture. This is simply East. Again, black woman. Pictures aren't bad. I'm not sure the bull ring isn't really a look that a lot of men are looking for. But I get it. Again, actually, we do our own thing. We, too, we dance to the beat of our own drum. That's what boomers are. Well, boomers are our parents. They never understood that about us because... Again, they spent so much time at work. I, I may do a show on that, but our parents spent so much time at work that we, that we, as being on our own, developed our own thing. And so, again, as white Xers, we we do things our way, and we say we say FTW. Millennials don't understand it because, again, they're so busy. They're so busy fighting with the boomers, and the boomers are trying to trying to raise them in their own image and the Gen Zers are just like, what the hell is everybody fighting about? And then Xers are just Xers are just sitting back, eating the popcorn, watching the world burn. And that's that's how we do it. And it reflects in how we look, how we present ourselves. Um let's see, a little more Ruben esque black woman. Natural hair. Um not she's not bad looking. She's really not bad looking. She's simply East 45 from Seattle, 5'5", five, five, figuring it out. And here's the thing with that opening line, figuring it out. That wouldn't be so bad if you were 21, 22, or 23. If you're 45 and you're still figuring it out, I don't know. You have a master's degree, you're in management, yet you're still figuring it out. Conversation starters, it varies. You're very confusing. You're very vague. Um, you're curvy. African-American, about simply ace, far from perfect, and optimistic about learning. <laughs> okay. There are men out there. Let's see, how much time do I have left? There are men out there, and I, I guess I can end on this. There are men out there who are teachers and are willing to have the patience to teach. I get it. And I think the patience would run a little deeper if if they were younger and haven't went to school, then there'd be something to teach. But when you're talking about being 45 and you already have a master's degree and you're in management, yet you have this thing, you have this profile that paints you in the light of you don't really know much and you need to, you need somebody, you need a guide. I'm not sure that is the thing to be putting if let me see, does she say she's single? She's putting in serious effort to find someone interested in men. So it sounds like she does kind of want a relationship, 
But any relationship, she, no, I wouldn't even say that. Any man that looks at this profile is going to look at it as, am I going to be leading this woman by the hand? And if so, why? Because she has a master's degree and she's in management. So why is this a woman that needs to be led around by the hand? Why is this a woman that I'm going to have to teach things to? And I don't mind teaching certain things, but, man, you say you're figuring it out. Man, you say you're optimistic about learning. So what do you know with being in management and having a master's degree? I don't know any man, I don't know any provider protector man that would be willing to entertain anything like that. So, again, if you're going to say you're strong and independent, then say you're strong and independent. She didn't say she was strong and independent, granted. However, with being in management and having a master's degree, it comes with the air of being strong and independent especially when black women have their master's degree, that is their thing, being strong and independent. Well, if you're a strong black woman and you're still figuring it out at 45, and then there is something seriously wrong with that. And I don't know any man that's going to want to deal with it. I'm just saying. You need to tighten that up a little bit. Maybe you can start by saying exactly what it is you want to learn, what it is you're trying to figure out. Like, hey, I, I need help figuring out this relationship thing because I don't know. I just seem to... I seem to fall flat. Even that's understandable. Or, hey, I need help, or I'm still trying to learn how to navigate um, an inter the interpersonal thing. Or I need help trying to navigate the career thing. I don't know, whatever the case may be. But just as a general thing, it just doesn't seem like you're coming in with a depth of knowledge that's required at this age to maintain anything long-term. So that's all I'm saying. Anyway, that's it. Uh, I'm going to end there. Thanks for listening. I'm ABC. I'm going to be back. I'm going to take Christmas off. I've been wrestling my, with myself about this because the thing about the blog talk radio thing is because so much had went wrong, and I get it, Things happened on their end, and I get it. They made it right. They did. And I give them their props for making it right. That's why I'm not leaving Blog Talk Radio. Um, that being what it was, it messed up the algorithm for me, and it pushed me down. So I've got to build that back up. And I get that. No, that's fine. I'm good. I do the work anyway to build it back up. So, But I've been wrestling with myself. Should I do a show on Monday? Should I not do a show on Monday? Because the show I was going to do was going to be, ladies, what happens if you get married to, if you're a virgin, you get married to a guy and you come up pregnant without sleeping with him? Like, how do you negotiate that? I was going to do that for the Christmas show. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, just, it was just so funny. It made me laugh when I thought about it. And I really wanted, it's something that I was really, I was seriously thinking about doing. But you know what? No, I'm just going to go ahead and just enjoy it. I'm just going to enjoy the Christmas time. And whatever it does to the algorithm is what it does. I have plenty of time to make that back up, especially in the, especially in the aftermath of what happened with Blog Talk Radio. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to take I'm going to take Monday. I'm just going to enjoy the I'm just going to enjoy Christmas. Tuesday, I'm going to come back at eleven. I do have an appointment to keep at 
9. And I'm going to keep that. And we'll come back at 11. Wednesday and Thursday, I have medical appointments, the post-surgery thing. And I'm not going to be able to do shows at the schedule time. What I think I'm going to do is I'm going to schedule shows for one in the afternoon. So I'm going to come back and one in the afternoon, we're going to, we're going to do this. So let's see, Monday, Tuesday is going to be at a normal time. Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday is going to be, no, Wednesday should be normal time. Thursday and Fridays. Oh, um, Let's, let's just plan for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, all being at 1. And then Saturday, the next Saturday show is going to be at the same time, 4 to 6. And then after the New Year's, then we're going to rock and roll with with the show at the normal time. So that's what we're going to do. I'm excited about that. And I'm excited about this new year because 2024, I'm going to talk about it this week, but 2024 looks like it's going to shape up to be a special one for me. And it's probably going to be the best year that I've had yeah, I couldn't tell you. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's gonna. It's just gonna be the best year I've had in a while. So it looks like it's gonna shape up to be that way. But in, in, anyway, that's it. Follow me on Facebook. Um, follow me on Facebook. Uh, Jesse Rams. Jesse Ramsey. ABC. That's my public page, and then the ABC podcast. That's the show's public page, and then you can look. You can search my. You can search for my private profile and follow me there. I'm also an ex on Twitter. You can follow this show on Block Talk Radio. Also, you can get the show on SoundCloud and then get the show on Apple Podcasts. I'm on Apple Podcasts there, too. Just search ABC Podcast. I'll come up. You can subscribe to me and catch all the shows on demand. Um, and then if if you're on social media, search for at J. Ramsey ABC because I'm on TikTok. I'm kind of on YouTube, but I'm on TikTok and I'm on Snapchat. And that's it. If you want to make a donation, I'm on Cash App. This cash tag with you know, the dollar sign. Cash tag J Ramsey ABC. If you want to make a donation, I'm not asking you to. You don't have to, but it's if you're not required to. But if it's what's on your heart, I appreciate every donation that I get. And email me at jesse at jramseyabc.com. Website coming soon. More on that this coming this week. Um, and that's it. Thank you for listening. I'm ABC. I'm out. Remember, you make your future. Now go out and make the dating world a better place.